Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. Today on State of the World, will Venezuela invade Guyana and counseling Ukrainian children traumatized by war? Thanks for listening to State of the World from NPR. We bring you the day's most vital international stories up close where they're happening. It's Monday, December 4th. I'm Greg Dixon. In a few minutes, helping Ukrainian kids who've witnessed the horrors of war. First, Venezuela held a vote asking whether it should take over a portion of neighboring Guyana. But the turnout may have told us more about the future of Venezuela instead. Here's reporter John Otis. Venezuela's referendum was over a jungle region called Essequibo that makes up the western two-thirds of Guyana. In 1899, an international tribunal declared that the territory belongs to Guyana. But more than a century later, Venezuela continues to reject that ruling, and it became more insistent about its claim after huge offshore oil deposits were discovered in Guyana in 2015. On Sunday, Venezuela's autocratic president, Nicolás Maduro, held a news conference urging Venezuelans to throng to the polling stations. They were asked to approve or reject five ballot questions. The most provocative proposal was to annex Essequibo. Guyana's prime minister, Mark Phillips, said in a radio interview that his country was preparing for the worst. You go to war with what you have. We are prepared to defend Guyana with what we have. But rather than invading Guyana, Maduro is actually much more focused on next year's presidential election. Jeff Ramsey, a senior fellow at the Atlantic Council, points out that Maduro is deeply unpopular. Maduro is desperate to make up for his lack of popular support, and so he's trying to unite the country against an exaggerated external threat. But his plan appears to have backfired. At a news conference, Venezuela's top electoral official claimed that voter turnout was massive. But journalists and independent observers reported that polling stations across the country were largely vacant. What seems to have happened is disastrous from the government's point of view because it's exactly the reverse of what they intended to prove. That's Phil Gunson, who's based in Caracas for the International Crisis Group. He said the low turnout was so disconcerting for the government that it could even jeopardize Maduro's standing as the ruling party's candidate in next year's presidential election. For NPR News, I'm John Otis. Among the most cruel aspects of war is the trauma it imparts on children. In Ukraine, NPR's Hanna Palomarenko visited a rehabilitation camp that helps Ukrainian kids cope with the horrors they have witnessed. By most appearances, Gen Camp is like any other modern residential school. Classrooms are busy with children and teachers. Science tells students to wash their hands outside a playground and swimming pool. But the goal of this school in western Ukraine, they asked us not to name its location for safety reasons, isn't just to learn maths and history. Psychologists are also teaching these 40 students, traumatized by the horrors of war, how to listen to their emotions, how to grow, 
and plan for their future. Natalia Maros is the director of this camp, now hosting its seventh group of kids. It is equally difficult every time, she says. And you think you have heard everything, but life throws more and more terrible stories. All of the kids at this school have had their parents die in the war, says Oksana Lebedeva, founder of the Broader Gen Ukrainian Project, as she walks towards a classroom. They now can talk only about those who died, she says. Each child is asked to make a pillow to sleep with as a companion. I drew a pillow gamer, says nine-year-old Nazar Shulga, because I used to play Call of Duty with my dad. And now I can play it too, but without my dad, because he died in the war. Ivan Shulga, Nazar's father, worked as a sound engineer on popular Ukrainian TV projects. But at the beginning of the full-scale invasion, he became a fighter and went to the front. He died on the June 14th this year. On June 15th, we found out that he was killed, Nazar says. My mother and I did not believe it, even when they brought his documents. I couldn't believe he was dead. Project psychologist Vatui Martirasan notes that it is important to be frank with each child, not to avoid the fact of death. If possible, she says, it is necessary to involve the child in the rituals of saying farewell to the deceased. Hundreds of people came to Nazar's father's funeral in Kiev, he says. Family, friends, colleagues and fellow soldiers. I believed only then, he says, when I saw his face. It was so cold. I just wanted to look only at him. What you need to know about children's grief, says Lebedeva, the project's founder, is that either they feel terrible or they behave like normal children. What she means is children can cry, then play, then laugh, then get distracted, and then be sad again. But some aren't able to move past the trauma. Lebedeva says art therapy can show which children have greater needs. I'll show you a picture that one girl drew, she says. It is a picture that makes you not want to leave, but if you meet her, she's just an ordinary girl with a ball. The picture shows a skeleton, internal organs, all the details, Lebedeva says, that indicate more help is needed. Other Gen Camp children drew pictures of mutilated bodies, scary-toothed monsters, it owes an eyes peering out of darkness, scenes of warfare. Ten-year-old Luba, who didn't want her last name used, likes drawing war most of all. I always draw the war, she says. In my drawings, I have the Ukrainian side, tanks, and Russian military equipment that is completely broken. She also draws civilians, soldiers, and medics. Unfortunately, my father was a medic, says Luba. Her mother told her about her father's death on the day of the funeral. I was very sorry, she recalls. Now she dreams of growing up and becoming a military medic like her father. But she also draws doves as a symbol of peace. The children, some up to 18 years old, are here for three weeks, where they can learn tools to cope with their trauma. Psychologists here acknowledge that not every child is going to heal. But they keep in contact after the kids leave. Children's psyche is very flexible and can recover up to 100%, Lebedeva says. 
And she believes with the right efforts, every child who has faced terrible events will be able to live a full and happy life. Though, she says, some return to the camp for more treatment. After group psychotherapy and a lunch, the children from Gen Camp have a surprise. Outside, an improvised stage has been built. A famous Ukrainian singer, Svetlana Tarabarova, is here to perform for the children. Life goes on, the night will pass, no one can break you, sings Tarabarova. The children are applauding, crying and laughing. Nine-year-old Nazar is dancing with his new friends. Luba is singing along. They're being kids, normal kids, in a situation that is anything but. Hanna Palomarenko, NPR News, Western Ukraine. That's the State of the World from NPR. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This election season, you can expect to hear a lot of news, some of it meaningful, much of it not. Give the Up First podcast 15 minutes, sometimes a little less, and we'll help you sort it out what's going on around the world and at home. Three stories, 15 minutes, Up First every day. Listen every morning, wherever you get your podcasts. Support for NPR and the following message come from Rosetta Stone, the perfect app to achieve your language learning goals no matter how busy your schedule gets. It's designed to maximize study time with immersive 10-minute lessons and audio practice for your commute. Plus, tailor your learning plan for specific objectives like travel. Get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off and unlimited access to 25 language courses. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com NPR.